As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. You want to make this email with the expectation that the majority of investors aren't going to read through the investment summary. So what's all the information that you want them to know about this deal to get them to invest? And you want to put all the information in this email and the most important information should be up front. Real quick before the episode, I want to give you a gift of 25% off. And that gift actually is from TransUnion Smart Move. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. Because as landlords, we tend to be most concerned with getting paid on time. You might also know that hundreds of thousands of landlords have to deal with the headaches of evicting tenants each year. Evicting a tenant can be painful, costing as much as $10,000 in court costs and legal fees, and take as long as four weeks to complete. What if there's a trusted way to help prevent the headaches of dealing with evicting a tenant? Make the smart move right from the start. Smart Move's online tenant screening solution can help you quickly understand if you're getting a reliable tenant, which will help you avoid potential problems such as non-payment and evictions. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast are invited to try Smart Move tenant screening for 25% off. Here's how Smart Move can help you find your next great tenant. Make a more informed decision with Smart Move's proprietary credit score built specifically for tenant screening, which predicts evictions 15% better than a typical credit score. Reduce non-payment risk with Smart Move's Income Insights Report, which enables you to analyze the applicant's income within minutes and determine if additional income verification is needed. Get critical information quickly with a full credit report, criminal background, and eviction history report. With over 5 million screenings completed, SmartMove can help you make a better leasing decision for your rental property. If you own a rental property, SmartMove can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School, and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode, and for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com 
or to learn more about the Apartment Syndication School, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hi, best of your listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication. As always, I am your host, Theo Hicks. Each week, every Wednesday and Thursday, we release two episodes. Those can be found on our podcast as well as our YouTube channel that go over a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy. And for the majority of these episodes, we offer a resource, whether it's a PDF document, PowerPoint presentation template, Excel template, some sort of resource for you to download for free. All of the past syndication school episodes, as well as free documents, can be found at syndicationschool.com. And in this episode, we're going to do something new. So someone, a aspiring apartment syndicator, sent us a new investment offering email that they created for a deal they are currently looking at. And they asked us to provide them with a feedback, positive and negative about the email so that they can, of course, improve, optimize their email moving forward. And rather than talk to this individual on the phone or to send them back an email with my notes, I thought it would be good to actually go over this feedback partially live on the syndication school series because this is something that we've actually recently gone over in series number 18 where we discussed how you want to secure commitments from your passive investors. And one of those steps is to create the new investment offering email. So after you have the deal in our contract, you create your detailed investment summary presentation, which you can download for free at syndicationschool.com or in series number 18. And then based off of that investment summary, you want to distill all of the important information into one simple email that you can then send out to your list of passive investors so they have all the pertinent information of that deal so that they can not necessarily decide whether to invest or not, which of course that might happen, but they know if they want to move on to the next step, which is to go to the new investment offering conference call where you, the syndicator, will go over the details of your email as well as the details of your investment summary in more detail. So this email is sent to us by Alex. He is a apartment syndicator. I'm not 100% sure if they actually have this deal under contract, but I think they do because it's an off-market deal. And he effectively sent us his new investment offering email that he has and asked us to review it and let him know if we have any feedback of things that are good and things that need to be changed. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read through this email. I'm going to describe the aesthetics of it as much as possible just because I want to keep Alex's contact information and this deal obviously confidential. So I'm not going to say the name of the deal, the address, or any specifics of the actual deal, but I'm going to read what is said in the email and then provide my feedback based off of my experience creating a ton of these new investment offering emails. So let's jump right into it. So the first thing that I see is the image at the top of the email. So it is a image which looks like it is, it's basically a blown up logo of the actual current property and the property name. So the property name is on there. And then the description is X unit multifamily investment opportunity. 
the name of the property, and then the address of the property. So one thing that's great that you have a picture, right? It's not all just words, but my first feedback just based off of this is two things. Number one, rather than having just the logo of the property, I would have your company logo instead. So we put our company logo at the bottom right-hand corner of the picture. So if you're watching on a video, it would be right here. And then the overall picture is actually a collage of pictures of the property. So the top picture will be maybe the monument sign or maybe the picture of the clubhouse. Typically, it'll be the monument sign just because that's where you want to have the name of the property. So rather than putting the logo of the property in the bottom right-hand corner, which I keep getting mixed up on the, on, the, on the camera if you're watching on YouTube, you put your company logo there instead. And then the name of the property is actually at the top in the picture in the monument sign. And then below that, we have three different smaller pictures that highlight other aspects of the property. So whether it's a, a fitness center, a pool, and the clubhouse, or a model unit, the playground, and some sort of barbecue area. So when I'm looking at this picture, it's not really sticking out to me. It's not really just showing me what this property looks like. At this point, all I have are words of the property. But personally, and I'm sure other investors would say the same, if I actually see the property, I see how nice it looks. I see what I'm investing in, I'm more likely to invest. And then the second thing is the title. So I'm not sure if the title of the email is X unit multifamily investment opportunity, the name and the address. But since it's in this image, I'm assuming that it is. And you want to make a more um, attractive title than that because that's not really telling me much about the investment opportunity from a financial perspective or why I should invest. All you're telling me is the number of units and that it's a multifamily and that it's an opportunity. So you want to be more specific, at least mentioning one or two of the main highlights of the deal. So I've already read through this email. So at this point, I could say that you want to include something about it being an off-market opportunity. And then you could also mention something about the market that it's in because according to your email, the neighborhood in which the investment opportunity is located in is highly desirable. So at the very least, you want to say that it's an off-market opportunity, but I'd also say something about the market or some other highlight of the deal. And maybe as I read through it again, I can come up with the actual specific title by the end of this episode, but don't hold me to that. So those are my first two pieces of feedback just by looking at the pictures. Number one, A is to put a picture of the actual property. And one B is to put your company logo rather than the deal logo, because you might change the name of the property anyways. And then number two is to have a better subject line for the deal. At the very least, saying it's an off-market ex-unit multifamily opportunity. But even better, it would be off-market deal located in highly desirable sub-market. Okay, so now to the body of the email. So again, I'm going to say a lot of X because I don't want to say the name of the property. I'm going to say X or subject property. So subject property is under contract on an off-market basis with a private seller to acquire address, a X unit, two-story garden style apartment building located within the flourishing blank submarket of blank Texas. So right at the bat, you're telling them that it's an off-market deal, which is great. I don't want to get too much in the weeds, but I'm, <laughs> well, I, I don't want to, but I'm going to. So this looks like something that you'd see in a PSA, like a contract, because he has the property address and then parentheses, the quotation property. You don't need to put the address in there. You already have the address in the title and the address isn't something that's super important. They can look up the address by looking at the investment summary. 
So that's not something that you want to put in the first sentence. I should be able to read the first sentence and know, do I want to invest in this deal or not? And right now, you did a good job of saying it's an off-market deal. You did a good job of saying it's in a flourishing sub-market. But you kind of added in the middle there information about the address and the property description, which is not very relevant to me as the investor. Okay, next paragraph. So the address is situated in one of the most highly desirable areas of the city in Texas, sub-market. Offering outstanding nearby amenities within a short walking distance, 5 to 10 minutes, including high-quality shops, restaurants, bars, a park, a well-manicured park offering a full playground, lighted sports field with three baseball fields, hiking and biking trails, swimming pool, and indoor gym. So I think that paragraph is great. Maybe move that a little bit lower down. And again, this kind of depends on what you have as your subject line. So if your subject line is off-market and highly desirable submarket, then this is fine to have here because you want to highlight that it's off-market. You want to highlight why it's a highly desirable submarket. And he went through all the nearby amenities. One thing that you want to confirm is that these amenities are actually relevant to the demographic at the property, your target demographic. So based on what you're saying here, this is probably a higher income, white collar demographic. So make sure that those are the actual type of people at this property and not a different demographic that these aren't really relevant to. Next paragraph, the property's location and access to major thoroughfares places it within only a 10-minute drive to downtown and a 20-minute commute. So I think this might be a typo. So, and a 20-minute commute of city's largest employment hubs, enhancing appeal for the area's affluent white-collar demographic. So there you go. It is white-collar demographic. I think of a typo there. I think it's supposed to be and a 20-minute commute to this city's largest employment hubs. The historic submarket neighborhood and acclaimed corridor offer its residents an unparalleled live, work, play environment with charm and character in a high barrier to entry market given intense supply constraints from historical designations. So that entire paragraph sounds like it got pulled straight out of an offering memorandum. You want to be as specific as possible in this. You got to keep in mind that this is the, the first thing that your investors are going to see. And so every single sentence should give them some important piece of information about the deal itself. So your second paragraph that talks about all the different amenities within walking distance is great. Talking about how close you are to downtown, how close you are to the largest employment hubs. But the next paragraph about the, the neighborhood and the corridor is kind of a mouthful. And it's describing it, but it's not specific enough. It offers the residents an unparalleled live, play, work environment with charm and character in a high barrier to entry market given intense supply constraints from historical designations. So if you want to, you can be more specific on supply constraints. You'd be more specific on the high barrier of entry, but kind of just saying things that are reiterating what you said before. So you've mentioned that there's work. You've mentioned that there's play and there's, and there's live. So you don't really need to mention that again. So I'd probably just delete that entire sentence in that paragraph, starting at the historic submarket neighborhood and acclaimed, I'm not really sure what that is, but the corridor, I would just delete that entire sentence. So at this point, this person goes into talking about the business plan. So if you're going to have the highly desirable submarket in your title, you want to get into more specifics on the submarket and why it's highly desirable. So I understand that you've talked about the jobs and the amenities, but well, why else is it desirable? What top lists has the submarket been on? What's the submarket known for? What's the job growth been? What's the income growth been? What's the unemployment reduction been? So there aren't any numbers in here besides the distance to the amenities. So you want to put some percentages in here, some historical trends, and be more specific on why it's a good neighborhood. So for example, 
I've got one of our deal emails pulled up over here. One of our deals is in a Florida market. And we said that the blank market has experienced some of the nation's highest annual rent growths with rents growing an average of over this much annually since 2015. This submarket has also experienced some of the highest population growth and job growth in the nation. Over the past decade, the population has grown by X percent and is expected to grow by X percent over the next five years compared to the national average of 3.5%, and the number of jobs have grown by 27%, more than double the national average of 30%. Now, that's the first paragraph in this New Deal email. And as you can see, we go into specifics right away of what metrics we have as evidence as to why this is a highly desirable market to invest in. So what I would do is, your first sentence is fine, except for the weird contract language, but the second paragraph, I would move down or between the first and second paragraph, I'd put in some of those metrics I mentioned. So population growth, rent growth, employment growth, job growth, things like that first. And then mention also they're really close to these shopping centers. And then I guess even kind of harping on this point even more, you mentioned that's really close to the largest employment hubs. What companies are there? Maybe mention some of the companies so I can relate to what these companies actually are. Just because I have a deeper questions from reading this and you want to proactively address those questions so that you're not getting a bunch of, of emails from investors and it makes you just look more professional overall. So going back to the beginning, when I talked about the picture, it looks like the company logo is actually in the picture. I got confused of what the name of the property was and what your actual company name was. So the company plans to reposition the asset by renovating the exterior unit interiors and common areas, which will allow for substantially higher rental rates that meet or exceed other comparable properties within the submarket that have upgraded improvements. So I think they have similarly upgraded improvements. So again, there's no specifics here. So I know you're telling me that you're going to be able to increase the rents that are going to meet or exceed the rents at other properties. So if you actually kind of think about that, and if I'm reading this properly, that's not actually a positive. So having a higher rent is good, but you don't want to be the market leader. So you don't want to say that we're projecting rents that are going to be higher than the comps. You want your rent projections to be actually lower than the comps and then hope that they're actually meet or higher so that you're able to return that much more money. So you want to reword that to say something along the lines of, we plan to reposition the assets by renovating the exterior and unit interiors and common areas that will allow for substantially higher rental rates that will still be below the, uh, the rents of other comparable properties within the submarket that have gone through similar upgrades. That was kind of a mouthful, but something along the lines of explaining that you're going to do similar upgrades to properties in the area, but you're still projecting rents that are lower than what they're getting. And then you want to say what those actually are. So you say that we project a $100 rental premium, which is $75 below the comps. So more specifics. Next sentence, this value-add opportunity aligns well with our company's core strategy to acquire non-institutionally owned, operated, or targeted assets where management efficiency and capital renovations can be executed to enhance NOI and overall assets. I'd probably just delete that sentence altogether because you're kind of just saying things that should be already known. They should already understand what your strategy is. They should already understand that, of course, you're going to increase the net operating income and increase the value of the property, right? Because you got to think about it. Hopefully, this isn't the first time you're talking to these people. So they already know about your company, the types of deals that you look at. 
you already know about their return goals so that once you have a deal, you send it out. You're just describing the actual opportunity and not explaining the specific business plan for that opportunity, but not your grand vision because they should already know that. Next sentence. So this company sourced the deal on an off-market basis through direct connection with the seller and intends to co-venture with our local partners for operations, construction, and management. So that sentence fine, unless they already know this. The next sentence, the venture is seeking indications of interest for equity investment in the property alongside a contribution from our company and its partner with capital commitment by this date. Please review the attached investment overview summarizing the opportunity and valuation model. So I'm not necessarily sure exactly how this email was sent, but I would recommend in that sentence linking to the presentation rather than attaching it. If you're just sending this through email, you should be able to upload the presentation to Dropbox and copy and paste that link at this point and then send out your email. All right, now we're getting into the estimated investment returns. So he's got the purchase price, the acquisition cap rate, the estimated annual investor IRR, which is actually a range, which is interesting. I'd be curious to see why it's a range and not a specific number that was outputted from the model. Estimated investor multiple, another range. An estimated average cash on cash, five-year hold. Estimated stabilized cash on cash. Estimated hold period. So for our deals, what we do is we put in cash on cash return and IRR to the investors. IRR based off of the hold period is and then cash on cash return that does and does not include the sales proceeds. And then I guess you've got some more stuff down here. So uh, this is just the returns. So you've got the IRR and you've got average cash and cash return and then stabilized cash on cash, which I'm assuming means once you've actually stabilized the deal. So you've got a lot going on here. So you've got the estimated hold period of three to five years on here as well. I would probably just put the returns. So you say it's the estimated investment returns, but you've got purchase price, cap rates, hold period. So I would just put the IRR and the cash on cash returns with and without profits from sale. And then you can keep the equity multiple in there as well if you want. But I take out purchase price, I take out the cap rate, I take out the hold period. Next is deal structure and fees. So estimated equity required you've got on here. I probably wouldn't put that on there because that's just not something that's super important for investors to know. Minimum investor commitment, of course, keep that in there. Investment term. So this structure is 8% preferred return compounded annually, 70% split to investors above the preferred return. And he's got more details on the, the company's co-invest. So how much equity they're putting in the deal. And then the acquisition fee, asset management fee, construction management fee, disposition fee charged. We don't put this level of detail in our email. Cause again, we just want to get all the highlights of the deal to them first. They can read all this stuff in the investment summary. So I would probably remove the majority of that and just keep the minimum investment amount. And then you can keep the preferred return in there as well if you want to. But when you go into your fees, I probably wouldn't put that in there. And then deal timeline, capital call, and then closing date. So you've got both of those on there as well. So what I would do is I'd probably condense this section to just having the returns. So the IRR, the cash on cash, and then the equity multiple if you want to. Minimum investor amount, commitment amount. If you want to, you can keep the 8% preferred return, 70% split in there. And then the deal timeline. And then lastly, feel free to reach out with any questions or discuss the investment opportunity in further detail. So one thing that I see right off the bat that's missing from here is explaining what they should do if they want to invest. So you want to put in a sentence in there that says, if you want to invest, here's what you should do. So reply to this email with your investment amount. Also, I don't see any information here about an investment 
conference call. So if you're hosting a conference call, you want to have all the information set up so that investors are able to know when you'll be hosting this conference call so that they can sign up for it. But besides that, you've got a lot of information in here. I think maybe you've got too much information in here, especially if you plan on doing a conference call, and especially since you've got summary investment overview attached. And it looks like you're even attaching your model, which I probably wouldn't attach your model just because that's just going to generate way more questions because you're giving them access to your financial model. Um, so you just want to just summarize the result of your model and then make sure you're inputting all the assumptions you made in the investment summary. But you don't want to confuse them by showing them a crazy Excel document. Instead, you want to summarize the model in your investment offering. I do see that in the email you sent us, you did go into more details on some of the things I mentioned. So I see you went into the details on your rental premiums that you're going to demand. Looks like you went into a little bit more detail with metrics on the sub market, but you make sure you want to include that stuff in this email. You want to make this email with the expectation that the majority of investors aren't going to read through the investment summary. So what's all the information that you want them to know about this deal to get them to invest? And you want to put all the information in this email and the most important information should be up front. So that was uh, interesting. Hopefully the feedback I provided was helpful. And at the end of the day, it depends on what the goals are of your investors and what they care about. So our emails are curated based off of the goals of our investors. So if I said something that to take out or something to put in that you know is not relevant to your investors, then of course don't do it. Overall, I think you did a really good job, but I think my overall feedback was it feels like you copied and pasted certain aspects of the investment summary into this email. Instead, you want to kind of write this from scratch and make sure that you're including again, all of the most important information about the deal to your investors. So that's going to be about the business plan, which you talked about, just maybe a little bit more detail. The market, which you talked about, but maybe just a little bit more detail. And then maybe a little bit about the type of debt that you're putting on the deal, if that's important. You mentioned your team a little bit, but overall I would say that if you say something and you read it, it's not really adding value to the email, then just don't put it in there. Every single word in that sense to add value. And if it doesn't, you can take it out. So yeah, Alex, that is my feedback for your new investment offering email. Again, for those of you who are listening, everything I talked about is based off of the information I shared in a series number 18, where I talked about the entire process of creating a new investment offering email. And so I essentially analyzed this one through that lens. And so if you want to learn why I think certain things should or shouldn't be included, make sure you check out series number 18. And I believe we also have a, a sample email for you to download as well. So that concludes this episode. In the meantime, check out our other syndication school series. I believe this is series number 24. So we've got 23 other syndication school series you can listen to about the how-tos of apartment syndication. Make sure you check out those free documents as well. All of that can be found at syndicationschool.com. Thanks for listening. Alex, I hope this was helpful. Best ever listen. I hope this was helpful. Have the best ever day, and I will talk to you soon. If you own a rental property, TransUnion Smart Move can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Are you ready to close more deals and officially seal your financial freedom? The Dwellin' Show with Ola Dantis discloses the most innovative real estate investing strategies to kickstart your quest to financial freedom. Go listen at com forward slash show. That's com forward slash show.